everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset. And I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought, so on and so forth. Uh, we are in the shadow of Flex Fights 25, the Tiki Takedown. Um, as per usual for this week, I am joined by my fairy co-host, ladies. Not in his usual spot right behind me, he's right next to me now, uh, but nonetheless, uh, he is joining me here. So, as per usual, after Flex Fights is in the background a little bit, I like to go back and think about what it is that we learned from this show. What we learned from the, the, the uh, everything that went into it. What lessons were revealed to us. And um, it's funny, the, the lesson for today, for this week I should say, and that I took from Flex Fights, it was kind of reinforced a couple of times over and um, 
when I tell you the story, the first one's kind of funny, and the other one isn't as funny, but by the same token, uh, it proves my point a little bit. So, running it through flex fights, uh, as we approach the the event, myself as the uh, as the lead analyst and the other commentators and all the staff, we get a questionnaire from the fighters. Flex fights had a paper questionnaire; they would have them fill out on weigh-in day. I took it. I make it made it a Google form for them. I added some questions that were uh, that came from both myself and the other people on the production team. And now we have this really nice bank of information from the fighters. It's really it's a really nice thing. Uh, anyway, we have all this information leading into fight week. So for the most part, the fighters are pretty good, and we usually get a decent amount of the fighters filling it out well in advance. And it's a very helpful thing. Because then uh, weigh-in day comes, and I usually attend the weigh-ins most of the time. And um, when when I do attend the weigh-ins, I try to catch as many fighters as I possibly can and talk to as many of them as I can. Uh, and invariably, no matter how many or how few fights we have, I never catch any everybody. It just never happens because there's so many things they have to do that day. They have to settle their tickets. They have to get seen by the doctor. They have to make weight. They have to do the pre-fight physical. They got to do all their headshots and photos. They got to come see me. They got to do face-offs. They got all this stuff to do in a very short window of time. So nonetheless, uh, I approach weigh-in day. I, I'm well prepared. I have my outline. Uh, when I walked into weigh-in day, I was missing a, a profile from, I want to say, three fighters and at that time we had 48 on the card so not that big not that many um and then by the time weigh-ins were concluded and uh you know we lost a couple of fights last minute as we often do once all was said and done there was like two guys on the whole card i was missing uh information on and of course just so happened those are two guys that never came and saw me for us to talk to so nonetheless that preparation is done and it was beautiful because uh my normal partner in the chair, uh, Ben the Bane Davis, uh, being the very popular MMA personality that he is, was not available for this card. So we had another member of the MMA media, Charlie Quinn, step in on his behalf. Charlie Quinn uh, is great in the media space. He's got a great online presence. However, commentating was a new thing to him. So he talked with Ben quite a few times, had a real nice conversation, had a set of questions to ask. And unfortunately, by hook or by crook, Charlie didn't get my, um, my app, the spreadsheet that comes from my Google form. He didn't get access to that for whatever reason. Whoever else um, was on it didn't share it with them, even though uh, they could have. At any rate, so right then and there, share the access with him. He's like, oh my God, this is wonderful. And we go through, we talk to as many fighters as we possibly can, and, and things really go pretty swimmingly way in day. Um, the only hiccup, is the scheduling that is necessary because we have pros on the card as well. So there were only four pros, only two pro fights. And the pain in the neck is the way that the athletic commission wants things done. We have basically cleared the venue and then fighter, the pro fighters have to come in at a completely separate time, completely away from all the amateurs. Um, I believe there was a different scale, so on and so forth. All with the New York State Athletic Commission. So we had to kind of wait around for the pros. And, you know, that was a bit of a pain in the neck. But nonetheless, we did it. So waited around, got all our information from all the pros, chatted with those guys a little bit. Simple and easy. Then 
cut to the next day. You know, usually that night, after I've taken some notes and talking to the guys, I'll update my outline a little bit. So I, I did that. Um, and again, nice, densely prepared outline as I approach fight day. I get there talking to Charlie and to uh, Harry Mack, who would also be in the booth with us that day. And Charlie, I could see a bit of panic in his eyes. And I said, what's up, man? He, um, he's from Staten Island, obviously, pretty far from where the venue is in, in, Patchogue, <laughs> in Patchogue, New York. It's a you know, two-hour drive, two, three-hour drive. And uh, he's like, he got there and he's like, all my notes that I wrote up, all my wonderfully written out notes and all the fights, they're at home. That they got left on. So he was pretty freaking out. Um, so he was in luck because obviously I still had access to the spreadsheet. And I just gave him the spreadsheet and uh, my, my little laptop for him to be able to read the, read the, the um, spreadsheet off of that much easier. And he was just squirreling with it. <laughs> now, luckily, he had been through the spreadsheet the night before. So because of that, it was very easy for him to go through and pick out the nuggets that he wanted, the things that were going to become important to him, for him to speak about in the play-by-play role versus the analyst role that I do. Uh, and he was able to do that, collected his notes really, really well, really quickly too. Um, he got himself all the way to, I think, fight like 13 or 14 um, without much of an afterthought, um, like before we had to do the rules meeting with like a quick production meeting. And then I think by the time... We were done with the production meeting. He went back, and I think by the time we went live, if I remember correctly, and I may be off a couple of fights here, I think he finished like 18 out of the out of the 27-odd fights before we even got rolling. And then we had a couple of intermissions where he was able to bang the rest out, which he was able to do pretty seamlessly. Uh, and it all worked so well because we were so prepared. You know, We had prepared ahead of time with the questionnaire. He had prepared his notes ahead of time, so he wasn't just flying by the seat of his pants trying to think about what would be important. He already knew what he was looking for as he was going through because he had already set it up once. Um, and then we were prepared in terms of having a conversation in a meeting beforehand and knowing how we were going to throw from one to the other, you know, what each person's role was and what we did. So it was a really, really wonderful lesson in what happens when you are well prepared. And when you are well prepared, Things go really, really well. So cut to fight 13 of the evening, where this lesson is reinforced in a bit of comedy. Um, we have uh, Tommy Cox versus Jason White. Um, two young fighters, you know, very, both in the early 20s. Tommy Cox, an accomplished wrestler, um, very good fighter out, out of uh, Long Island MMA. He uh, got tested in his first fight, got dropped, um, was able to, to rally back and catch his opponent in a rear naked choke. So he was 1-0. Jason White, again, some experience in our flex fights cage. was still chasing his first win, but again, also an experienced wrestler. And he was kind of saying like, well, Tommy's a good wrestler. I'm a good wrestler. This fight's going to have fireworks written all over it. And um, we're getting, we do the the intro for Jason White and we're kind of sitting there like, why is he not in the cage yet? And, uh, all of a sudden, one of the commissioners walks over to me, and I had been talking with him earlier in the evening. So he he gave me. We were talking about good refereeing versus bad refereeing and stuff, and uh, we talked about the, how important the communication between the referee and the booth is because not all the fans are in the building, and even still, with all the fans in the building, they don't always know what the referee is doing. So because the referee uh, 
if the referee doesn't communicate, nobody else besides the two fighters really knows what's going on. Which though they need to know what's going on, the fans and fighter, the fans and the fans at home need to know as well. So the official comes over to me and he's like, talk about good communication from a referee and talk about good refereeing. Uh, he went to walk into the cage, we checked, he didn't have his cup. So sure enough, they sent him back. He goes back in the locker room, comes back with his cup on. He gets in the cage and immediately I can tell, I'm like, mm, something's not right there. And I'm talking to the other commentators and I'm explaining to them, I'm like, I can tell you right now that Jason White does not have his cup in properly. Um, for those of you guys who are familiar with the idea of a growing cup or an athletic protector, there is a garment that you wear, either the, the jock strap itself it's called, or many times there's like compression shorts. And either way, it's an underwear type garment that has a pocket for the cup built right into it. So it is designed to hold the cup in place, doing what it's supposed to do. I could tell right away, just looking at his body language and everything that's going wrong with Jason White, that it's not, that's not what he has. He doesn't have that. He just, he forgot the garment. He has just the plastic cup and he's either sticking it in his underwear or just in his shorts and hoping for the best. And I could tell the way he's fiddling with it. Sure enough, it's, you know, it's not really secure in there. And I'm talking about what a big distraction it's going to be and how this could be a very dangerous thing because if he's fiddling with that. He can get clipped for sure. And sure enough, uh, fight gets underway moments. And I'm talking seconds into the fight. He bounces to his right and the cup just shoots out the bottom of his, of his shorts. And the referee gives it to him. He puts it back in. And again, I can tell it's not in any kind of garment that's going to hold it. So he comes out, it bounces to his left. He's looking to get aggressive. He sets his feet for a left kick, switches his feet. Cup goes flying again. Referee grabs it again and uh, makes the, uh, the the fight over wave gesture. And uh, sure enough, in like 19 seconds, this kid loses a fight because he was unprepared. He did not have the appropriate garment to hold the cup in its place. And it cost him a fight that, you know, who knows if he would have won or lost. Uh, hopefully we will find out. Hopefully these guys will get a rematch. Um, but it speaks to me because... It was the exact dichotomy of everything to do with our outline and so forth ahead of time. We didn't, or rather he was not nearly as prepared as we were with the outlines, with you know, my outline, with Charlie's outline, with Harry's notes, um, with the questionnaire that we had. Like we had all this stuff ahead of time, well prepared. And it was obvious that Jason White was not prepared ahead of time. And there's so many people that you can hang that blame on. Of course, Jason's got to own some of it because it's his responsibility to make sure that he has all the stuff that he, when he leaves the hotel room for the Airbnb, he's supposed to make sure he has his fight trunks. He's supposed to make sure he has his mouthpiece. He's supposed to make sure he has his growing cup and it's holding. Right? Those are like the three things he has to remember. Now he has a manager. So of course, a lot of that would be uh, in his manager's purview as well to make sure that again, he's leaving the, the Airbnb or hotel with those things that he needs that he cannot fight that day without. And, you know, you would hope that he's going and closing his, you know, whatever, snacks, hydration, whatever that he needs that day is going with him. Fighter, typically very zeroed in on the fight on fight day. So if you've got a coach that's going with you, if you've got a, a manager that's going with you, and again, he has a manager, um, coach, manager, that does fall under your purview. It's not, you know, it's not 100% your job. It's not 100% you know, your fault if that didn't happen. 
but that's pretty big on your list. You know, like anytime I've ever fought, um, anytime I've ever coached a fighter, whenever I fought the few times that I did, I showed up and the rest of the team and Tiger and everyone, you got you this, you got you this, you got you this one. Yeah, oops, I did. And, uh, you know, he would, I would get reminders beforehand. And then on top of it, when I coached fighters, I'd remind them, make sure you have this, make sure you have this, make sure you have this. I would make sure I had all the stuff that I needed, all of it. And it, again, it speaks to being prepared, being the, which is the mindset that we're taking out of uh, this past week's events, because there is a tremendous value in being prepared, obviously. And not to harp on Jason White anymore, but it illustrates the idea of what happens when you're unprepared. Like that was the perfect encapsulation of what goes wrong when you're unprepared. And it's going to haunt this kid a little because I'm sure he was ready to perform. I'm sure he was ready for a tough fight. He's a tough kid. And I'm sure he was ready, win, lose, or draw, to go out there and fight his heart out and to have the fight taken from him. Sure, he's at fault, so we're not really taken from him, but you catch my drift. Having the ability to fight taken away from him because he was forgetful and unprepared, I'm sure it, was, it will haunt him worse than if he walked out there, got hit with one punch, and got knocked out. Because when you're a fighter, you are mentally prepared for the fact that you could go out and lose this fight in five seconds. It can happen. But by the same token, a wardrobe malfunction, you being forgetful and not being able to fight, those are not things you're mentally prepared for. And I'm sure that outcome definitely bothered him big time. And I'm sure it's still haunting him. And uh, the clip has made its way onto the internet. It is all over uh, Twitter right now. When I looked last, it has 1.2 million views. And that was about half an hour ago so it's probably up even higher now um, you can see it on my twitter i retweeted it um chael Sonnen has retweeted it it was talked about on brendan Schaub's podcast this week so again the magnification of this error and the way this has been rubbed in for this poor kid jason but i'm not trying to pour it on you anymore but you're just helping me teach a lesson and an important lesson nonetheless how important it is to be prepared because preparation beats luck every time. Preparation is making your own luck. It's, I forget exactly who said it, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote a little bit, but it was something to the effect of, I find that the more prepared I am, the more lucky I am. Something to that general principle. The more prepared I am, the more luck I have. Something around that ballpark. Either way, it illustrates our thought process here. It illustrates our point that when it comes to luck, when it comes to outcome, we have a very big say on that based on how we prepare. And we've known this lesson for a really long time. As adults, we've been through school, we've been through tests, we've been through all these things. And we always knew when we were prepared and when we weren't. When we weren't. I don't know about you guys, I've stepped into a couple of tests as a kid that I was not prepared for. I did not do my due diligence, I did not do my job, and I paid the consequence. And that consequence was a lesson to me to be more prepared. And part of how now I, I tend to lead my life is in that very prepared sense. You know, it was funny, uh, last night I was going to bed before coming up, getting up the train this morning, and my wife asked me, bag packed? I said, no. 
And she looked at me confused because she's so used to me going to Tiger Shulman's headquarters and having a clothing bag because I got showers there and we're there for a meeting and all this. So I typically pack that bag the night before. But when I go and train in Sayasa, I leave the house much later, usually have more sleep. And um, as a result, because I'm only training a half hour away instead of two hours away, I don't need to bring as much stuff. I literally just pull out an outfit the night before, I have it sitting in the spot where I'm going to take it down the stairs in the morning. Once I do that, I get in my uniform downstairs, I eat and I go. <laughs> and that was, that's exactly what I did this morning. But again, I, was I hadn't packed the bag because I was preparing, I prepared differently. But again, before I went to bed, I was prepared. I prepared the night before. By doing that, by being prepared in advance, I eliminate errors. Think back to my man, Charlie Quinn. He had prepared ahead of time. Sure, everything went wrong. But because the worst case scenario happened and he was prepared in advance, he was able to then go back and re-prepare very, very quickly because he already knew what he was looking for. He already knew what he was going through. Everything was much simpler because he had put the work in in advance. And I've had the same kind of things that go, going on, go on in my martial arts training and my martial arts teaching. Right? Tournaments come and they go all the time. We talked about the Challenge Champions not long ago. There's a very different feeling when you are getting ready to step on the mat for a tournament that you know you are fully prepared for. When you put in all the work, it's very easy, win, lose, or draw, to walk off the mat with your head held high. You could go out and you could lose that match quickly. But if you know that you prepared to the best of your ability, hard to be upset. By the same token, if you know you didn't put the work in, you could lose in the greatest way possible, and that loss burns that much more. The same is true for everything we do in life, right? You think about business, for example. If you go and you have a sales meeting and you're going to try to sell somebody your product or your service, when you've done your due diligence, when you've done your homework, when you're very, very prepared well in advance, you can go into that sales meeting and you could fail at your objective and you could, you could not get the sale, but you could be okay with it because of the fact that you knew, hey, I put my best foot forward. I did everything I could. It is what it is. By the same token, I'm sure we've all had sales presentations where we didn't do our due diligence, where we didn't prepare ahead of time. And because we didn't, it haunts us a little bit more. And that's the thing. Not only does preparation increase the likelihood of success, it sets you up for a better outcome a greater percentage of the time. Sure, there's all that. Don't forget about that. But the bigger thing is knowing that there is always the possible outcome of failure. Not that you're aiming for it, not something that something we're excited for or whatnot, but just knowing that it could happen. Listen, any fighter knows they could step out in the cage, get hit with the first punch and go to sleep. They know it. Now, we know that if we're going to try to sell somebody, we know what our statistics are. We know what, what, what our percentages are, and we know what percentage of people uh, are we know what percentage of people we typically sell. You know, there's a certain percentage of people you won't. And with that in mind, if you get those people who you couldn't sell, but you did everything right, you had all your ducks in a row, you were fully prepared, you can sleep okay that night. But if you can look back and say, this, ah, if only I, if only I, if only I, that haunts you way differently, way differently. So the message for today, the mindset for today, 
something I try to pride myself on myself on is preparation. I don't ever try to do anything unless I'm fully prepared to do it. I don't really make stuff up on the fly. Um, I really make a point to have a plan for anything that I'm going to do, no matter what it is. And on top of it, if that plan requires work in advance, I'm going to do what I have to do to put that work in in advance. So that way I will have a greater chance at success. I know that no matter what the outcome, not only will that preparation make me more confident in my approach, not only will it give me a higher level of success, but I know that there is growth that comes from preparation. I know that, for example, I've prepared for flex fights now for a whole bunch of fights, probably probably 12 or 14 events at this point, maybe more. Maybe up to like 15 or 16 events. At any rate, I have all my old notes. And I know what the process used to entail for me doing it a year and change ago. And I know how much quicker I can do it now because I've made my process better. I've gotten better at preparing because of the fact that I prepared so much. And because I prepared so much, it set me up to be a little freer and do everything the way I wanted to do it that much better. And the same can be held true for everything we do in life, right? You're going to make a dinner. You're going to make dinner. Make sure you're prepared, right? You're going to go to work out. Make sure you're prepared. You're going to do a task. Doesn't matter what it is around the house. Be prepared. You're going to approach a meeting at work. Be prepared. The more prepared you are, the greater likelihood for success, the more confidence you will approach it with, and the more skillfully you will approach whatever it is that you do. So my advice for you guys this week, my final thought here, is no matter what you do, have all your ducks in a row. Prepare in advance. It will do so much for you. There's so much positive and so little negative that comes from preparing in advance. You'll be thankful that you did. And no matter what, be prepared. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at sensei underscore leonelli. Again, if you go on my Twitter, you can see the video of the, of the fight that I was speaking about earlier. If you want to get the whole video, see the whole event online, you go to throwdownsports.com. I know there were a couple issues there, that um, on fight night. If you need to go to a different place, you can go to flexfights.com slash membership dash join, and you'll be able to have access there as well, I believe. Or you just go to flexfights.com and follow the prompts there. Nonetheless, moving forward, you can find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're at Facebook dot com slash tiger show, me, tiger show smithtown <clears throat> on instagram and twitter we are at tsmma underscore smithtown you can find out more about the tiger showman's organization as a whole at, at tsk.com you can find me online at linktree linktr.ee slash sensei leonelli s-e-n-s-e-i-l-e-o-n-e-l-l-i there you can find everywhere on the internet everything tiger showman's everything's flex fights uh, today's sponsors and everything else speaking of sponsors sponsorship opportunities still available so if you guys are interested reach out to me via email or any other way other than that my friends make sure that you guys leave your rate and review it just helps make sure you guys subscribe get your new episodes every wednesday most importantly though share the podcast the more that you guys share the podcast um, the more those numbers grow the happier camper i am word of mouth the only advertising that i have so i very much appreciate it when you guys do share when i see so online and so forth beyond that my friends thanks for listening until next time invest in yourselves 
I'll see you guys on the map.